Um, I want to talk today is what has God given you? Now, just it's a question. If you can just take a moment to ask yourself, what has God given me? And am I preserving what God has given me? Or am I multiply what God has given me? To preserve something is to hold that thing into original. You preserve it. You protect it. You hide it. To multiply something is a risk. You have to put it to use. So my question to you. What has God given you? Are you preserving it? Or are you multiplying it? Amen? Let's go into the word of God. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 30, I will read it and we'll just move into our message. It said, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and trust them in his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Now, if you go your Bibles, couple of them we need to underline. Each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who received five went at once, at once, and trade with them. He made five more talents. So also the one who received two went away at once and made two more. But he who received one talent went that in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bring five more talents, saying, Master, you deliver to me five talents here. I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And who had the two came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two. Here I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He who, hold, he who had one came forward saying, Master, I knew to be a hard man, ripping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter no seed. So I was afraid. I went and hide your talent in the ground. Here, is what is yours. But his master answered him and said, You wicked and soulful servant, you knew that I rape where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter no seed. Then you would have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from the one who had one, and he gave it to the one 
who are ten. For everyone who has more will be given, and he who have abandoned, but the one who has got even what he has been will be taken away. It's a very interesting parable. Now, Jesus used parables a lot in the Bible. Parables are not there to confuse us. Parables are not there to hide the truth of God away from us. Parables are not there so that it gives us excuse to run away with our main purpose. Parables are there to draw us closer to God. Parables are there for us to see the purpose of God in our life. So parable is there so that we may know the heavenly father had to us. So we may know what God has given to us. See, parables is, is, is like this. is when you playing with children and you're asking them to, to hide, hide and seek. You don't hide in the place that they will never find you. You hide so that they're able to find you. That's a parable. It's hidden so that we may draw closer to the Father. We see so many times in the Bible that Jesus would tell parables. But the Bible would tell us in the evening, at night, or when he was alone, some of the disciples would go to him and just say, can you explain this to us? Because the Father's heart is to draw us closer to himself. And sometimes use parable to sow a seed. So with our anger, with our desire, we will go after what the Father had got in store for us. Parable is to draw us into his presence. So we may create a secret place that we will spend time with the Father. Parable is there so we may create a relationship with the Father to seek Him. When I became a Christian, one of the decisions I've made is not to have anything in my life that I desire more than the presence of God. Nothing that I desire more than to be in His presence. See, we live in a world whereby we're busy, we're going up and down. Don't let anything come between you and your God. Nothing. Always make sure you put God first in your life. But today I want to focus on this man, the one which one was giving. Because we always try to compare ourselves. If I had this, if I was this, if I was this, I would be better. But one of the reasons why this man was not able to put into use what God has given to him, I believe, is three things. One, he didn't know who his master was. Second, he didn't know what was given. And third, he didn't have anything to help him to recognize what he's been given. If we look into... Matthew twenty five forty six. Just look what he said when his master came. See, this parable is giving us the second coming of Jesus. Because if you read verse, if you go back to read chapter twenty four, it was 
Jesus coming to the end of his ministry. And he was talking to his disciples the desire of his heart when he comes back. Because everybody here, a time will come, we will stand in front of our maker. And we will give account for what has been given to us. Either you believe or not, he is our maker. We don't get chance to judge him, but he judges. us. Amen? Amen. So when you hear all the people are saying, don't let that deceive you. Because he is God. And one day he will sit in his chair and he will ask you, what did you do with the time I gave you? What did you do with the gift I gave you? What did you do with the talent I gave you? What did you do with the voice I gave you? The job I gave you, the family I gave you, the children I gave you. We will stand in front of our maker. And that day there will be no excuses. See, this parable scares me. At the same time, excite me. Because it shows how faithful God is. If we put into use what he has given to us, he's a God of reward. He's a God of reward. At the same time, if we don't, he will judge us. Amen? And that time is coming. Very soon, the king of kings is coming. Very soon, Jesus is coming. Where would you be? What's your excuse in life? What are you going to tell me when the king of kings stands in front of you and he asks you this question? What did you do with your life? So this man says, 25 verse 4, verse 24 to 26. He said, who also... That received the one came forward saying, Master, I knew you were a hard man. This man has spent probably the rest of his life with his master. And this is all he could come up. See, the master, they says, he called each one according to their ability. See, what God has given you. He knows that you could do something with it. Amen? Amen. According to their ability he gave them. Because this man didn't know who his master was, he has drawn his own conclusion about who his master was. Have you drawn your own conclusion about who God is? Without even putting your gift into use. It's your conclusion based on other people who's been telling you about God. Or is it based on your own experience with him? And he said, Master, you hard man. You gather where you did not sow. And therefore, I was afraid. Are you afraid to use the gift God has given you? Are you afraid to declare in public who God is in your family, at your workplace? Do they even know you're a Christian? Do they know? 
or are you just blending when the time comes and your Christian life is based on Sunday? Or is it every day? Because the time will come, God will ask you, what did you do with the message that you hear? See, every time we come into the presence of God, a great demand is placed on us. So that we can go and share what we have here. We don't come to here so we can go and hide. We're here so we can go and just tell others. But this man was saying, I was afraid of you. So I went and did the ground and I hid the gift. Can I ask you, where is your gift? How many times have you been a Christian? And have you ever used your gift? Or maybe, do you even know what your gift is? He was afraid he did in the ground and he hide the gift. But I'm going to show you as a man who did opposite that. The Bible tells us in Philippians 10, Philippians 3 verse 10. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his reason. See, I may know him. The desire of Paul is to know his master. Is to know his maker. And as a church, this is our theme this year. That we want to know him. So when the time comes and he's standing in front of us, we will say, Master, I know you. And I know what is required of me. And this is the gift that you gave me. I have multiplied. Being a Christian, it's not that we can just go to heaven. No. See, watch this. When the disciple went to Jesus and they said, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? He says, Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. So the whole idea of a Christian is to draw kingdom to come on earth. So that we may impact the earth. It's not that we become a Christian, we can hide. It's not that we become a Christian and we can run away. Become a Christian so we become our selfish way. Always me, me, God bless me, God this, God me, me. No, so that we can use what he has given to us to invade the earth. Amen? Amen. Our gift is to make difference on earth. Don't rush. To go to heaven. Don't rush. Don't rush. So my prayer every day is, Father, don't take me away until you have finished what you've given me. Because I don't want to stand in front of my maker and have not finished what he's given me. Paul said, I want to know him. And the power of resurrection. Suffering like him, even unto death. What Paul was saying is, I want to know Jesus so much so, even when he's dead, I'm going to stand next on his deathbed. 
And I'm going to wait till he wake up. And when he is, I want to know whatever power that resurrected him. That is to know him every way. How well do you know your master? How well do you know Jesus? See, it's easy to enjoy the gift of somebody by not really knowing him. See, we enjoy the gift that God has given us. We enjoy today we see in the building. It's a gift that we enjoy. Worship is the gift we're enjoying it. The air we breathe is a gift. Everything he's giving to us is a gift that we enjoy. But do you really know the giver of the gift? How well do you know Jesus? How well do you know him? Because in John chapter 14, verse 8, Jesus was talking to disciples. And he said, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. What Philip was saying, Jesus, just give me the quick answer. Just show me, and that will be enough. I don't want to go through all this to know you. But Jesus said, Philip, don't you know me? After all these years, You've been with me. After all these years of you being a Christian, how well do you know Jesus? How well are you able to stand anywhere to proclaim that you know Jesus? Are you able to give account the faith that you have received to people? Are you able to tell people your faith, your salvation? See, the reason why most of us fail to tell people about faith because we don't really know. Because we are afraid we start and start asking questions. We haven't got answers for it. And therefore, the easy way is not to talk about it at all. So what most people will say, my faith is my secret. God is in my heart. God lives in my heart. <laughs> Nobody have to know. It's just between me and God. Come on. Help us, Lord. I don't want to pray aloud because that's just between me and God. <laughs> we make excuses. The main reason is we don't know him. Do you really know Jesus? If you are standing in front of you today, and if we were to ask you, do you know me? What would be your answer? Because all the signs that he's given to us about his coming, we are seeing it. We are living in the end time. Soon, very soon, he will come. How well do you know Jesus? The second thing I want to share 
is, did you even know the gift that God has given you? Because this man who gave the gift to his servant was very wealthy man. Because if you get chance to look into the gift, so one gift, some believe, was about 10 years wages. So the master was not a poor master at all. See, we are serving a God who is not a God of luck. He's not a God of luck. He had provision in place for the gift that he has given you. As soon as you step by faith into your gift, that provision has become available to you. And he's waiting for us to step into our gift. See, Matthew 25, verse 18. It says, But the one who received one went and did in the ground and hide his master's money or you could say his master's gift because he looked into it and said this is just one he looked around next to him they've got two they've got five why have i got one sometimes we can look to life like that god why me why this is always happening to me we look through our neighbors they've got everything Everything is going well for them. Why am I the one always going through challenges? Always going through difficulties? So it is easy to give up. Lord, I want to do things like this person. I want to pray like this person. I want to preach like this person. I want to sing like this person. But can I encourage you? You have something unique inside you. God has made you unique inside you. And the plan and the purpose of God is unique in your life. And God is waiting on you for you to put that gift into use. The world needs your gift. The world is waiting for your gift. Because you are the light of the world. You hold the light. Don't hold your light. Shine your light. Amen. We live in a world of fear. We're seeking everywhere for something to hold on to. But thank God we have Jesus to hold on to. He is our salvation. He is our rock. He is our everything. Ephesians chapter 10. So Ephesians chapter 3, 7 to 10. Paul said this. So one of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God. Grace was given by the works of his power. To me, though I was the least of all of saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ 
and to bring light for everyone. That is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Amen. Amen. Paul said grace was given to me. Grace was given unto me. And we see the life of Paul. He got hold of that grace. He didn't hide it. He was able to tell everyone about the grace that was given unto him. And we read about this grace that was given unto Paul. But Paul said, I was the least among all of them. Paul was saying, look, I didn't get a chance to walk with Jesus flesh by flesh. I didn't get a chance to have a conversation with God flesh by flesh. No, I was the least among all of them. But grace was given unto me. And I'm going to put this grace into use. I'm going to preach this grace for everybody to hear. Because that's the mystery and the plan of God. That this grace that has been given unto me. Everybody will hear about it. What has God given you? Paul was grace. See, the more we are willing to put our gift into use, the more God will increase it. The same Paul, the mystery of the blood was given. The mystery of the cross was given. Why? Because Paul was willing to go through whatever it takes to make this grace work. Even in prison. Shipwright. Bye-bye snake. Beaten. Everything. He had one thing in his mind. That I'm going to put this grace into use. Because one day when I stand in front of my maker. He's going to say to me. What did you do with the grace I gave you? What Paul was saying. I don't want to stand in front of God empty handed. I don't want to make excuses. That I was too busy. Work was busy. Family life was busy. It was snow. It was sunshine. It was raining. We make every excuses when it comes to God. See, my heart cries when I hear believers making excuses to put God first. It hurt me when I hear the reason of our being. The reason of our existence. The reason why we are alive. That we will do everything. But when it comes to God, we make excuse. We will come to church on Sunday to worship, to sing. Because most of us, it's a convenient time for us. But when it's time for fasting and prayer, we will make every excuse, the reason why we cannot come. What are you doing with the time that God has given you? He's giving you 24 hours a day. And what God wants, I just want an hour of it. But yet we can't give it to him. We can't give it to him. See, we see in the people, in the Bible, three boys, Shadrach, Mizek, and Abednego. They were faced with a king. He says, bow down. But they say, we will not bow down, even 
if God does not deliver us. Because it was given unto them boldness to stand. And they said, look, we are going to put this boldness into use. And we are going to stand. So when God comes, we will say, the boldness you give into us, here it is. So when they stand in your maker in the lake of fire, the fire couldn't even touch them because they were able to use what was given unto them. See, your deliverance is depend on using what God has given unto you. Your breakthrough is depend on using what God has given unto you. Your healing, your financial breakthrough, everything you want to achieve is putting God first. And we all get challenged. We were challenged last week as a family. Where was God in one area of our life? Where is God in your life? What has God given to you? And what have you been putting to use? See, Peter says something here in the book of Acts. He says, if then God gave some the gift the same gift that was given to them was also given to us when we believe in Christ Jesus who am I to stand in the way of God to put into use what he has given to me what Peter was saying we've read about the Old Testament how men just like us, flesh and blood, was able to put into use what God has given unto them to change generations. Who am I to stand in the way of God what he has given unto me? Can I ask you, are you standing in the way of God? See, God wants to bring deliverance to your family. You might be the one holding the key. God wants to bring breakthrough to Basingstoke. We might be the church holding the key. God wants to bring breakthrough. Are you holding? Are you standing? Are you resisting the plan of God in your life? Your obedience can open door for somebody. We're all sitting here today because one day somebody was obedient to God to build his church. Don't take nothing for granted. We all read this Bible because one day people sacrificed their life for this book. What is your sacrifice for the kingdom of God? Why are you sacrificing so one day others may benefit from it? Or are you just governing? Are you just preserving? Because when you preserve, it will get rot one day. What you protect, you lose it one day. See, whatever I believe, whatever I value most in my life is what I place my belief on. My belief system have to connect to heaven so that I'll be able to bring heaven on earth. Amen? One 
or the thing the servant didn't know is how to use his gift. The Bible says when the one was given to him, he went to the ground and hide it there. It's sad to me to read this. There was three people. He could not even ask the rest of the two what you've been doing with your gift. See, fellowship is so important in the kingdom of God. Nobody is alone. See, one of the things the devil do, he's not coming after your house. He's not coming after your job. He's coming to steal your identity. He's coming to steal your gift. Because if I can take away the reason of your being, that means I have control over you. And that's where the devil comes. And he will steal away what God has given unto you. See, the day that you were born, heaven declare blessing over you. Gift was released from heaven unto you. The devil came and planted something right next to it. Whatever I decided to water, is that the one that is going to grow most? If I decided to water down my own belief, that is going to take the biggest root in my life. If I decided to water the word of God that was given unto me, that I am a child of God, that no weapons that form against me shall prosper, that is what is going to take root in me. See, our thoughts are like a highway. Every time we think, it creates a highway. When we think good things, what the Lord think about us, it creates a platform, it creates a highway for the Holy Spirit to grow on it. If I think the things of the devil, it creates a platform for him to come and host in it. What are you thinking? What is your thought belief? That's where the devil comes. Still kill and destroy. But I've come here today to present you one who has come so that you might have life and have it full. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. He has come so you may have life. John chapter 15 verse 16. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I appoint you. Jesus was saying, you didn't choose me. I chose you. You were chosen today by the creator of the end of the universe. You were chosen by God. He chose you. So he didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will last the whole idea of the salvation so we can go to bear fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. 
Where is your fruit? Just run through 14. John chapter 14 verse 26. That's the promise. Maybe you're here. And you say, look, I used to know my gift. But I don't know where it is. Or I never knew what my gift is. This is the promise that Jesus gave us. He says, but the comforter who is the helper. Who is the Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you. All things and bring all things to your remembrance. The Holy Spirit is the one that teaches us the gift that God has given to us. He is the one that brings into remembrance what God has given unto us. Amen? Amen. See, the Holy Spirit searches all things. Even the deeper things of God. What are you using your gift for? Because sometimes we will go through tough time our gift. Because the Bible say a man gift shall make room for him. I remember one time I work. One of my old jobs. And there was one particular lady. She was very difficult to deal with. She will pick on me whatever chance she will get. And through that, the Lord just said to me, I want you to create a place of joy in your workplace. So in the morning meeting, I went to my manager and said, Lord, in our morning meeting, I always want to share something funny to just encourage, to give people joy at the beginning of their day. I'm not just right. If you want to do that, but just so you know, this person doesn't like that. And I said, and that's what God has asked me. So if you can give me the time, I'll be obedient to my God. And every morning I will share something funny. And she will get so mad. <laughs> the more I do it, every day she will get mad. She will pick on me. She will say things. And people will say, go to HR. You should go and report her to HR. But I knew That was the gift that God has given me for me to share something there. And this keep going and going on. And one day I was off from work. And she had nowhere to sit. So she went and sat in my office. And I went to work two days after. And everyone was saying, we don't know what happened to Jane. She's, She's more happy. She changed. She's more happy. And she called me and said, Dennis, can I speak to you? I said, yeah. And she said to me, I want to apologize for being so horrible to you all these months. I was going through a tough time. And the last thing I want to do to hear somebody laughing when I'm in pain. But I don't know what happened. He says, I don't believe your God. But when I sat in your office, I felt at peace. Can you tell me more about this God? See, the gift that God has given to you is that's going to make room for somebody. See, I could have put my flesh first and said, no, I'm not going to let anybody talk to me like that. See, we are quick to build a defense when things are hard. 
but through the pain, if we can persist, if we can persuade it and go through the pain, Paul was saying, say, if you see me suffering, do not lose heart. Because it's for the grace of God. If I can go to prison, but because of the grace, yes, I will. Whatever to declare God gift, I'm, I'm ready for it. Are you ready? And I just wanted the question I first asked at the beginning. What is God giving you? Are you preserving it or are you multiplying it? Because a time will come that we will stand in front of our maker. We will stand in front of God, the judgment seat. And God will ask you, what did you do with the gift that I gave you? What did you do with the time I gave you? What did you do with the voice I gave you? What did you do with the salvation that I gave you? What did you do with the finance I gave you? What did you do with the home that I gave you? What will be your answer? Because that day, there will be no more excuses. You know, wherever that you are, I just want you to hold a person. Just hold your hands next to them. Just find somebody to hold your hands. And I just want us just to declare... And say, Father, I come before you. I humble myself before you. I lay down aside my pride. And everything that I hold me captive. And I just embrace all that you are. That from today. I've made a decision in the name of Jesus to use my gift to expand the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.